Hello everyone, this is uh, Coffee Chug, coming to you live from my pimpin' old rusty Ford Escape, and I'm uh, doing my podcast, the Drive Home Podcast, and uh, here we go. First thing that I'd like to talk about is, you know, I'm on the internet all the time, I've got a pretty good online presence, or, you know, I've got a lot of stuff online, doesn't mean that it's good actually, but it's there. And one of the things that I'm slowly discovering is that, I guess not really discovering, but I'm coming more to the realization of discovering, is that students have that same online presence. And not just, you know, in their own little social circles. You know, MySpace is big. I think that's pretty much defunct with Facebook. Even though maybe they're not old enough and uh, all the good, you know, instant message and things of that nature. But even more so, you see more and more um, students making videos on YouTube they're going, they're having their own blogs, they're sharing their artwork, they're sharing their stories. You know, they're sharing themselves. And it's giving a lot of kids an outlet where when I was growing up, that outlet was not available. You know, if you didn't have those same like-minded people, those same students around, you know, you're pretty much isolated. And the internet has allowed many kids to go and get involved share themselves, broadcast themselves, which takes a huge risk and it takes a lot of backbone to make a video or make a blog entry expressing your ideas, knowing that not everybody's going to agree, knowing that the option of leaving a comment, you know, is a strong uh, possibility that it may not be the comment that you want. You know, and that takes more confidence and maturity um, than I think people give kids credit for. But the point of that whole rant is to say that, you know, kids, they want an audience. And not just kids, I do too. But people who are posting, the students that I teach, they have an audience. They have a live audience. They have a real audience and all the things that they do. And it goes back to my teaching. You know, we have got to be able to change the way we do things to provide them an audience. You know, and I've done some tests. I've used some wikis. i got them collaborating with people around the world. Not all of them make the connection and, and, and take the full opportunity that, that's been given to them. But the ones that do, it's amazing how powerful that can be. Because the ones that do take it are the ones that are going to be moving in the right direction for their future. And they're the ones that are having that audience right now. You know, they can't drive a car, but they've got hundreds, perhaps maybe even thousands of people checking in, watching their videos, reading their thoughts and insights. And the most important thing from all that is I, I want to throw the question out is how many teachers even know that these kids have an online presence? I, for example, had a student contact me about a blog that they had, and it's, it's an amazing blog. And I kept thinking, how did I miss this? I know this kid has some amazing insight, and I know that he has strong opinions about many things. And it would only make sense that he would have that presence out there. But I wasn't aware of it. And now that I do, you know, there's some things that I can take away from it as an educator to make myself better, my teaching practices better, my outlook on students better. You know, I don't have to agree with everything, but it's there. And I think it's important that we as teachers understand that presence is there, understand that kids want to be heard, they need to be heard, we need to listen, and we need to be able to respond, change, and adapt. And I think that's where education is. We're in a huge opportunity to change a lot of things, which is going to be good. So enough on that rant. But if you have a blog and you're a student or you have a YouTube account or whatever else you have, you know, share it with me. I'm not 
someone that's going to sit there and judge you on your thoughts, but I love to read your thoughts, and I love to give me perspective on what I do for a living, which is teaching and helping students and try to do that the best that I can. Moving on, because that long ran almost got me home, a little pop trivia for you. Here is the question that I pose for you. What is the proper pronunciation for the capital of Kentucky? Is it Louisville or is it Louisville? I'll give you a second to think about it and then I'll give you the answer. The proper pronunciation of the capital of Kentucky, Louisville or Louisville? If you don't want the answer, go ahead and hit pause because I'm proceeding on with the answer. If you indeed chose Louisville, you were wrong. That is not how you pronounce the capital of Kentucky. If you chose Louisville, you too were also wrong. That is not how you pronounce the capital of Kentucky. The capital of Kentucky is actually pronounced Frankfurt. That's a good one. It gets people all day long. I'm Coffee Chug. I'm about 20 seconds from home. I'm out, and I'll see you on the flip side. Keep it real, home dogs. Adios.